Hello, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Acts chapter 17, 1 through 15. And just to recap, Paul and Silas and their little family on mission had spread the good news of Jesus in Philippi in the region called Macedonia, which is in northern Greece. And so now they continue to travel and take the good news of Jesus to new people in new areas. And so let's see where they head to next. Acts 17, starting in verse 1. Paul and Silas then traveled through the towns of Amphipolis and Apollyanna and came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service, and for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. But some of the Jews were jealous, so they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas, so they could drag them out to the crowd. Not finding them there, they dragged out Jason and some other believers instead and took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted, and now they are here disturbing our city too. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. The people of the city, as well as the city council, were thrown into turmoil by these reports. So the officials forced Jason and the other believers to post bond, and then they released them. That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. When they arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. And as a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. But when some Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God in Berea, they went there and stirred up trouble. The believers acted at once, sending Paul on to the coast, while Silas and Timothy remained behind. Those escorting Paul went with him all the way to Athens. Then they returned to Berea with instructions for Silas and Timothy to hurry and join him. Well, Paul and Silas and their little group there travel around 100 miles west from Philippi to the most strategic center of the region, the main city, uh, the city with the most influence, Thessalonica. And as usual, this little family on mission goes to the Jewish synagogue first to share the good news of Jesus with Jews and Gentiles who are open to worshiping the God of Israel. And so how does Paul do this? What does he do when he shows up in a synagogue and starts telling people about Jesus? Um, he would go through the Jewish scriptures, what we often now call the Old Testament. And he would reveal through the scriptures that Jesus was Israel's long-awaited Messiah. He would point out how the scriptures all pointed to Jesus. He would explain that the scriptures revealed 
that the Messiah had to die a shameful death on the cross. He would point out that Jesus had been vindicated and had been raised from the dead and that scriptures hinted at this all along. He was walking the people through their Bible to show that Jesus was their risen king and he invited them to follow. And so a number of Jews and Gentiles decided to follow Jesus and this created tension in the town. There were Jews who opposed Paul and Silas because people were flocking to them and their message about Jesus. They didn't buy this whole Messiah thing and they didn't really check to see if it was true anyways. <laughs> and then there were Gentiles, good Roman citizens, who saw all this talk about Jesus being a savior and king disturbing. After all, there is no king, there is no Lord, but the Roman emperor, the God of the world, Caesar. The message of Jesus confronted the claim of Caesar being the true Lord of the world. So when followers of Jesus proclaimed that Jesus was Lord, when Paul would say that Jesus was Lord, Messiah, King, what he, what the followers of Jesus were saying was, Caesar, no matter how many times he tells you, <laughs> Caesar is not. Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, and they used that to their advantage at different times. But before they were citizens of Rome, they were followers of Jesus. They followed a risen, living king, Jesus. And they followed him first, and he shaped and informed their lives, even if it meant opposing the Roman Empire. And so a mob is formed, and they want to arrest and abuse Paul and Silas, but they were able to slip out of town. And they arrived in, in Berea shortly after. So they traveled around the 50 miles southwest of Berea, and they got to town in Berea and went to the Jewish synagogue to share the good news of Jesus. And in Berea, the people responded differently than in Thessalonica. They had a different posture, a different attitude of seeking truth. They were more open-minded. Literally, the word they use there is of more noble character, eager to learn. And so as Paul walked through the scriptures to share the good news of Jesus, they didn't just dismiss him because the ideas challenged them or went against what they had heard before or assumed. They decided to look for themselves, and together they looked in the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was in alignment with what was actually in the scriptures. And as they searched the scriptures together, many Jews and Gentiles embraced the message of Paul and put their hope and trust in Jesus as the promised Messiah and risen King. I love the eagerness of those in Berea to seek truth, to pursue understanding, to take it upon themselves to together with an open mind, open hearts, search the scriptures. There are so many voices proclaiming different viewpoints and ideas and beliefs in our world. We have, nowadays, more information available to us than any other time in history. Blogs, social media, and our online world promote and push all sorts of issues, viewpoints, opinions, and stories. Sometimes I can feel a bit overwhelmed by it all, and maybe you can relate to that. From time to time, someone will share with me a blog or an online story or a picture with a headline and uh, to get my response or reaction or just to pass that along. 
And there have been times when I've been kind of shocked by these things or surprised, or maybe it's even kind of fed into what I already think. But there's times when I go to a website to check out that story. There's a website called Snopes. Maybe you've been to it before. It's a website that fact checks the stories being passed around the world as true. And sometimes as I check out the stories and views and images and headlines that are sent to me at this website called Snopes, I find out that some of these stories, often many of these stories, are urban legends or they're filled with false statements or half-truths, but they're being passed around as real. I think one of the most important skills in our culture is to be able to learn to filter the things that cry for our attention because anything can be passed along as truth and important. The people in Berea didn't just hear the headline of Paul's message. They checked it out for accuracy. They made sure it was true by going to their own Snopes, (laughs) the Holy Scriptures. I've been challenged by this passage to keep a posture of humble seeking. And so here are some questions I've posed to myself kind of coming out of that story of the people in Berea. When I'm confronted by political strong statements and views, or I come across some kind of cultural movement or story, do I filter these through God's word? After all, Jesus is my king in what he thinks matters most to me. When I come across an idea or an opportunity, do I look for guidance in God's word? Or do I go with what feels right or seems easy or good or you know, matches up with my interests most? And am I personally seeking to grow in understanding and pursuing truth or am I only relying on other people to feed me? And so how about you today? How might God be inviting you to align your life, your thinking, your understanding, your opinions, and therefore your actions through his word and guidance? I think that listening to these audio devotions as we're doing together, walking with the Spirit through Acts, is a great way to hear God's word. But I want to encourage you to continue that journey in your own life or even your family's life. How might you continue to pursue God and his truth? How might you even check out what I'm saying (laughs) and if it's true? So what is God saying to you today? And what will be your response? I'd like to wrap up by praying Psalm 119, 33 to 40. So let's pray this together. Teach us your decrees, O Lord. We will keep them to the end. Give us understanding and we will obey your instructions. We will put them into practice with all our heart. Make us walk along the path of your commands, for that is where our happiness is found. Give us an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn our eyes from worthless things and give us life through your word. Reassure us of your promise made to those who fear you. Help us abandon our shameful ways, for your regulations are good. We long to obey your commandments. Renew our lives with your goodness. And we pray this in the name of the living word, 
Jesus. Amen. Have a great day.